as the, the lawsuit is concerned, we are absolutely opposing the entire measure. And I think a lot of people have gotten the impression by reading the motions that we're only dealing, dealing with the magazine ban, and that's not the case. The fact is, is that all, it is absolutely about the permit to purchase, but we believe that the permit to purchase issue is much easier to argue because of the Bruin decision. So a lot of what's written down is written down about the magazine ban because that is a little heavier lift in some respects. But I want, want to reassure people that as far as we're concerned, the permit to purchase is far more dangerous than the magazine ban. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our greatest responsibility is to serve our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we're This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Welcome, folks. Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant America. And today is the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, November 25th, 2022. Welcome to this forbidden transmission here in FEMA Region 10. I started this broadcast today just to remind you and where we're at in the state of the world and how corrupt and captured and delusional uh, we are in this clown world um, when it becomes down to facts and information, what you're being told, uh, even the people around you that, you know, are sitting around at the Thanksgiving table um, just yesterday and some of the things that they were talking about could have and most likely were potentially regurgitating talking points uh, from some of these talking heads tied down to a centralized system, telling them what to say, telling them what to think, telling them how to think. And uh, just a reminder that we're well down the rabbit hole and it's very important to maintain diligence and, uh, and check your facts, check your information and check where you're at uh, when it comes to some of these topics. And I got a big topic I want to talk about at the end of this show, talking about the new documentary called Died Suddenly. If you have not checked it, check it out, check 
If you haven't checked it out yet, um, it's going to be diedsuddenly.info. It is breaking the internet right now. Uh, Twitter attempted to shut it down with one of their stay-behind stay communists, uh, but Kim.com addressed that, nipped that right in the butt, and contacted Elon immediately. Uh, and now, to my understanding, as of right now, it's been reinstated. So you can check the showcase on Twitter, uh, which is kind of a new potential platform for free speech. We don't know. We don't want to hold our breath or put our eggs in one basket. Um, but definitely want to check out that documentary. It is extremely, extremely important for everybody to see it. Uh, it's, um, it really, uh, it really solidifies what's been happening and how we've been hitting hit with a bioweapon. Now, another thing that is probably front and center of the most important thing uh, for the state of Oregon, and uh, that is the Measure 114 that supposedly passed. Uh, you know, we can argue back and forth if the election was stolen or not. Um, I, I personally don't trust the mail-in ballot systems, but here we are. And at the forefront, making headlines all over, uh, defending your rights, defending the Second Amendment for all Oregonians. Uh, I have Kevin Starrett on the line to talk about the new uh, lawsuit that they just filed with the, I believe it's the Sherman County Sheriff. Um, and he, I want to give him the floor to talk about details of what's going on, uh, what the process is going to be, what the lawsuit files file means, and uh, what this federal judge, uh, whether he's heard it or he's going to talk about it. Uh, so without further ado, I have Kevin Starrett from the Oregon Firearms Federation. How are you, Kevin? You're very welcome. Uh, sorry to take you away from your family on this fine weekend, but as you know, uh, the time is of the essence, and uh, we can't wait to uh, sit back and have those nice amenities and having quiet weekends anymore. Uh, we have to be uh, diligent and very aggressive, especially with this new draconian uh, measure 114. So the, the big thing that's on everybody's mind is what is 114 uh, for those that have been living under a rock um, and what can we do? What should we be looking for? What should we be talking to our public officials for? Uh, and, and how do we circumvent with what's going on? It seems like the legislation and even the police departments don't even know what to do. Okay, well, there's a lot there, but Measure 114 is essentially a ban on the future sale of firearms in Oregon and an illegalization or a prohibition on most common uh, magazine ammunition feeding devices. So possession of those magazines will now get you a year in jail. Theoretically, or the, the, um, the, um, not the false advertising of this measure has been that if you own those magazines already, you can keep them, but that's not really true because... The measure specifically says they can only be used on the property of the registered owner. Well, there are no registered owners of magazines. Magazines aren't registered. There's no way to register them. So you're not protected there. And the measure also calls for what's called an affirmative defense, which means that if you were caught with a magazine, you are essentially have to admit that you're guilty. And then the affirmative defense is if you prove somehow that you had these magazines prior to the implementation implementation of the measure. And that gets kind of comical because we've seen a lot of people who should know better, including there was a you know a quote which I've used from the uh, Oregonian. They quoted an Oregon State police captain saying, well, take a digital picture of your magazines with the date stamp on them. So people can go visit our website right now and see the digital pictures I took of a box of magazines with a date stamp from 2012 and a date stamp from 2028, just by changing the date stamps on my camera. 
So that's an idiotic idea. But on top of that, every magazine looks exactly like every other magazine. So having a photograph of them doesn't prove it's the magazine you were arrested with. So hearing people make these really dumb, preposterous suggestions is very scary. So that's the one element of it. And the other element of it is that's essentially eliminating the future sales of guns starting on December 8th by requiring a permit to purchase that you cannot get. So other states have permits to purchase, but other states have ways to actually get a permit to purchase. The way this is constructed, you can't get the permit to purchase because before you can get the permit to purchase, which incidentally, I hate to go down too many rabbit holes here, but the measure starts by defining this permit as a permit to purchase a firearm. And later on, it specifically says this permit is not permission to buy a firearm. And it isn't. It's permission to try to buy a firearm and undergo the third background check you would need. So what it requires is that before you can, uh, before you can apply for a permit, you have to take a safety class, which only the police or their authorized agents can give. And now they're arguing the people who promoted it, who are quite content to watch hundreds of businesses be destroyed around the state, uh, see off-duty police and security guards faced in placed in jeopardy. Anyone who, quote, applies for a permit will now have all their personal information on a, on a, a public database. But the only way you can apply for the permit is to have taken this class. The class requires live fire, which nobody has the facilities to give. And now the pro proponents are saying, well, we didn't really mean live fire. We, we mean you could pretend to shoot a gun. But the measure quite clearly says live fire. It says you must fire, uh, you must load, lock, and fire a, a gun. And that's what it says, and that, that's exactly what it means. So nobody offers the classes, but you can't apply for the permit unless you've already taken the class. Once you've taken a class which you cannot get, then you go to your chief of police or your sheriff and ask for the permit, at which point you have to sit down in person with him so you can assess your psychological state. And then he requests a background check from the state police, does his own background check, which can include anything he wants, to any investigation he wants. For that, you pay $65. There's no cap on the fee for the class, which doesn't exist anyway. He then asks the state police to initiate a background check, which literally can take forever. There's no time limit on how long it can take them. And currently, that's what the state police are doing. They're, they're not even initiating background checks for people who are trying to buy guns. They're putting them in a queue and automatically delaying them. So under this measure, after you've been to your sheriff or your chief of police, and he's under he's initiated the background check after you've taken the class that doesn't exist, then you get the permit to purchase. But all the permit to purchase allows you to do is go to a gun store where they undergo another background check, which literally could take forever. Mm -hmm. So that's what that bill actually does. And according to the Secretary of State, who says that the measure goes into effect 30 days after it's ratified by the voters, which she says is now December 8th, but there are still people counting votes. There are counties that haven't completed counting their votes. So how she can say it was certified by the voters is anybody's guess. However, the proponents of the measure are saying, no, don't worry. It doesn't go into effect until the police come up with the rules. But that's flatly, completely untrue. That's simply a lie. It goes into effect on the date the, the Secretary of State says it goes into effect. And the police who are tasked with coming up with the rules have no clue how to go about it. And, no, no, and nobody knows what they're supposed to do next. So come December 8th, it will be impossible to buy a gun because you don't have a permit. And currently, 
there are about 23,000 people waiting in line to buy guns now who've gone in, asked for a background check, and the state police just said, you're at the end of the line. And the interesting thing about being at the end of the line is as the day goes by or the days go by between now and the deadline, you can actually move backwards on the list. So if you're number 10,000 today, tomorrow, you won't be necessarily number 9,090. You could be 10,070 or 10 or 11,000. You could actually move backwards on the list. Wow. So this entire thing is a disaster. It's been a disaster. I know you're talking about it. A couple key points here. Uh, How do they give the jurisdiction to the police officer to determine the psychological state of the individual? That's crazy. The limitations on the background check. So this is a perfect totalitarian regime move to tie up and completely infringe on everybody's Second Amendment rights. So what do we do, Kevin? How do we, how, how do we, they have us, they kind of have us right where they want us as far as they have the corrupt DAs, the corrupt judges, you know, the corrupt media, people aren't going to report on this properly. Uh, what's our redress of grievance here? How do we, what do we do? I know you guys are filing your lawsuit, but I mean, you, they kind of have you where they want you. And now you guys well, are arguing I mean, about magazines. Go ahead. You know, it actually it's better because under this measure, the affirmative defense that I mentioned before, which means you are guilty until you prove yourself innocent, doesn't even apply in reality because the way they crafted the measure, they, re- they define the affirmative defense as something according to a specific Oregon statute. So it says affem- affirmative defense as defined in ORS such and such, right? Well, that ORS doesn't exist. <laughs> they reference a law that does not exist. So the affirmative defense doesn't even exist. So the Ability to keep magazines on your own property doesn't exist. The affirmative defense doesn't exist. As the people who drafted it, in addition to being very, very evil people, are also incredibly stupid. And on top of that, it bans almost all modern shotguns. Mm-hmm. All modern shotguns become contraband under this law, including the ones you already own. Mm. So at this point, because this was a ballot measure and not legislation that was created by legislators, There is no way to redress it through the legislature. It has to be done in court. So we have filed in federal court, and that's where it stands now. And as of now, as of yesterday, in a pretty unusual move, the federal court actually acted yesterday and gave us a date of December 2nd for the the, uh, oral arguments. And that is where we're at right now. Yeah, and and I've seen you. I've watched you do the debate on TV. Um, That was you know, hilarious to watch for me in the sense that those, those two guys, one, it was three against one for one. Uh, but two, they, just to make it fair. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make it fair. But th- even then they still didn't even have an argument because I was sitting there watching it. One, when you were asking your question, the, the commentator totally cut you off and it was so obvious, but I, he's just such a puppet and obviously being told what to do. I think he was in that video of my intro of this segment. Um, I think it was him actually in this segment. Uh, so well, clearly, you know, go ahead. It was kind of, it was kind of funny because the way the debate was set up, they had this structure where. All right. looks like we're having some technical difficulties, folks. Uh, yeah, you know, leave it to uh, having an extremely important conversation like we're having right now with Kevin Sterrett. Uh, you're listening to Noncompliant America. I am Joshua Michael, 104.3 KSLM, 1220 AM. We'll be right back.
Drop it. Welcome back. Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America. And we're listening and talking to Kevin Starrett about this new ridiculous clown world uh, of the passing of Measure 114, completely stripping us of our Second Amendment rights. Uh, not only that, the bill doesn't make any sense. So we were talking, I was talking to Kevin on the break a little bit, but one thing I wanted to ask Kevin is I, I feel like we're, we're polarizing our our culture is being polarized. There's mass psychosis patients, mental patients, and then there's people that are actually waking up and getting uh, getting aware with what's going on, understanding. You can see it with uh, the parents' rights and education movement, parents getting involved, taking their kids out of public school. You know, there's there's been a mass awakening on that. But there's this crazy polarization happening, and we're obviously in the heart of the lion's den here in Oregon. Um, but one of the big questions that comes about that a lot of people, they don't know the answer to, and I've heard, but I haven't been able to confirm, Kevin, you might be able to know, is talking about the magazine ban. And I heard it was challenged for California, and you can go buy more than 10 round magazines in California now. Is that true? Well, it, that, actually, that case has been bounced around the courts for some time. It's very confusing because... The magazine ban was challenged. It got up to the, I guess, the Ninth Circuit. There was one judge there who said it was unconstitutional. Then the state asked that it be appealed on banc, and then they said it was constitutional. Currently, it is back there because the U.S. Supreme Court told them to revisit it in light of Bruin. So Bruin is a decision that SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, had about the pistol permit law in New York and basically threw out that whole permitting system. But in that decision, they also said that from now on, Second Amendment battles have to be fought under with with this guidance that the state couldn't come along and say, well, yes, you have a right, but we have an we have an overriding interest in safety. And so we can we can restrict that right. The Supreme Court said, look, you have to analyze if if it does it violate the Second Amendment then it is void, period. And it doesn't matter what your compelling interest is. If you as the state says, well, yes, it violates certain elements of the Second Amendment, but we're doing it because we want to protect this class or that class, the Supreme Court said very clearly, you cannot do that. So they told the court to go back and re-examine their magazine ban in light of that decision. And that is what's happening now. Okay, so they're in that. That's tied into courts. We're getting set to where this whole thing's going to be tied into courts. Now, back to like the contraband with shotguns, right? So what are people going to do? And what do we do? What does somebody do? Say they have a shotgun. Now it's on December 8th or, you know, obviously we're waiting and we're going to live stream um, the hearing. Do you know if the hearing's going to be public? I don't know. I tend to doubt it. I, I have no idea, actually. Okay, so we'll have to look into that. I'll, I'll have Jared look and see if uh, see if that uh, can be live streamed, because it, it's important. I think this is a public notice. It's extremely important. People should, you know, this, this is a giant, giant maneuver. What's wild to me is, you know, just talking back about the clown world and, and, the, and the place that we're at, I, I just feel like this mental psychosis has kind of incrementally been growing. Right back in, you know, way before, but 2014, it really started to progress. You know, then we had the 2020 riots when they were calling them peaceful. And it was, there's just this mass psychosis exercise of gaslighting just to try to get people to accept 
whatever narrative that they say, you know, whatever agenda that everybody jumps on the Ukraine bandwagon and now everybody jumped on the mask bandwagon and the vaccine bandwagon. And, you know, now this, it, it's, it's, it's wild to see this. It, it's just such an interesting time to be alive. So on December 2nd, you guys are going to do a, 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 a hearing. What do people do in the meantime, between now and December 8th, what can people do to get involved and to start to fight this thing? Um, your your website, obviously, they can support, you know, your guys' organization, which I think is awesome. There's a very informative website. I think you're hosting it at stop114.com. Is that correct? Yeah, stop114.com was the website we put up for the campaign. Uh-huh. During, that obviously did not go the way we wanted it to. But the information on the court battle is on the OregonFirearms.org website. And, you know, for the whole time of anybody who's watched what we've done in the last 25 years, we've always concentrated on activism and people getting involved with their legislators and demanding accountability. And now that it's not a, it's not a legislative fight at the moment, it's just in court. The only thing people can do, you know, we've just never been in an organization that said, send us money, send us money, we'll handle it. We just don't do that. But now that it's in court, there really is no alternative. And, you know, a federal lawsuit is extremely expensive. And if we're successful, what this what this hearing is about is putting an injunction on it, putting a temporary stay on the implementation. That doesn't kill it forever. Yeah. If we're successful with that, then the real heavy lifting starts. And then we have to demonstrate that it's absolutely unconstitutional. And this Bruin case in New York, well, it was five years that, that it took to get that uh, you know, completely resolved. Yeah. And hopefully that decision will impact what goes on here. But I can't say there's no way to predict what will happen in the court. And of course, on December 2nd, that's when the opposing sides make their arguments. But I don't believe there's going to be a resolution by then. I'm just still praying that there's a re- resolution before December 8th and hundreds of thousands of people are thrown out of their jobs and businesses, small family businesses are crushed. and people's lives are turned upside down because some selfish Marxist in a basement in Portland got millions of dollars from out-of-state billionaires and paid people to gather signatures under false pretenses, convinced people who knew no better that this was just about getting background checks, which we've had for decades. So a lot of ignorant people went out there and sold something to other people who didn't bother reading the measure. And then, of course, the state came along and created, quote, an explanatory statement committee that completely obfuscated what was in the measure. And so people who even read that didn't know what was going on. So the whole thing, I mean, and and, and now I think we're seeing a lot of people who are saying, well, wait a minute, I had no idea I was voting for that. But of course, it's too late. The same people who didn't know they were voting to have our streets awash in fentanyl when they voted for measure 110. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. You know, it's like Obamacare. You can't see it until it's passed. They won't let you read it until you sign it. Um, it's just the the blatant hypocrisy and uh, overreach that's happening all through this legislation in our state and just how corrupt these people are just basically getting away with murder and uh, incrementally taking away all of our rights. It's just a constant story. Uh, but we're talking with Kevin Starrett. If he stays over on the other line, on the other side... Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America. We will be right back.
Welcome back, folks. Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America, talking about Measure 114 with Kevin Starrett. Right now, uh, it's currently, they're planning on uh, having a federal case on December 2nd to try to block the entire measure. A lot of misinformation is going on around there. That's why I wanted to get the, the, the man of the hour, the man of the arena here, Kevin Starrett, to, to really set the record straight. Um, as you know, there's a complete giant propaganda machine out there. I've been seeing a lot of news articles talking about uh, this injunction or this hearing that you're calling uh, is only challenging the magazine portion. But it sounds like you're challenging the entire measure, which is very necessary, considering once you basically peel back the onion of what this measure is and really the first layer, you realize that this measure ha- is nothing more than just a power grab to try to disarm people and infringe on your Second Amendment rights. They don't have the infrastructure to support it. They don't have the means, the sheriff's departments and the state police. They don't have the resources and or the operations or policies or anything, it sounds like. sounds like they just passed something. Somebody sat around, as you said, in Portland, sat around on the side and just kind of wrote something up, never firing a gun in their life, not even understanding what guns are and or what the Second Amendment is, and just started jotting out stuff. And they're like, yeah, this sounds pretty good. Let's push that and get our giant billionaire lobby behind it. uh, And then we'll ban all these people's firearms. But I know you're talking on the break, talking about how the, the natural push for this is to get this in front of the legislation. Let's talk about that. Um, and also, guys, make sure to check out OregonFirearms.org and get behind Kevin Serrett. Make a donation. This is the real fight. You know, we can talk about a bunch of other stuff going on that I believe are a lot of distractions, the 2024 presidential race and all the stuff that everybody's talking about. But this is the real fight, especially here in Oregon. They are definitely making their move. And, you know, if if we don't take a hold of this and get involved, and I think it's more important now to spread the word to all your friends and family, educate them. More importantly, on what Measure 114 actually is and what it actually does, because the real fight right now is through the court of public opinion uh and then also getting behind kevin so kevin you're talking about this thing moving into the legislators uh and us being able to put pressure on them i think that's a great position for us to be on because we could start really pressuring these guys uh into doing their job and representing the people more importantly defending our rights you know it's a god-given right i don't understand how we're on our heels negotiating with these cartel criminal tyrants uh, a God-given right that was given to us um, by the co- great constitution that we have. So, Well, uh, okay, so it's important to understand that the people who created this, having no idea what they're doing, just, you know, took a garbage pail, dumped it in someone's living room and said, you guys clean this up. So some of their proponents were saying, oh, there's no problem. It's not going to go into effect until the police come up with the rules. And the other ones were saying, well, it's the cop's job to come up with the rules and they'll do it and they'll get it taken care of. Well, of course, that's not going to happen. The rules aren't going to be written in time for this measure to go into effect. And if they are, they're going to be so clumsy and so impossible to comply with, it isn't going to matter. So even the people who wrote this garbage said that it is going to have to be cleaned up by the legislature. And it it will go, you know, the legislator, legislator are going to have to deal with this. So they will start making rules. Now, the question is, are they going to wait until January 17th when they come back, at which point it'll be well over a month too late, or are they going to call a special session, which would be possible, and I know they've been asked to by the state police, but 
that's a lot of heavy lifting to get that done. And the governor and many liberal politicians were solidly behind this measure. So if it causes chaos and businesses to fold and people to be put in danger, they're perfectly fine with that. But now it does become a political problem for them because now even the media who endorse this garbage are recognizing what chaos it actually is. So now it will be up to them to start deciding how to make all this happen. And at that point, then people can get involved and do something. Right now, there's very little that people can do about what a federal court or federal judge decides. They're not open to political pressure. There's, there's, you know, they're not facing re-election, and that's what makes going into court very dangerous. But as soon as this gets back into the legislature, then people can hold their elected officials accountable. And when you look at when you look at the votes on this, an awful lot of Democrats voted against this. I mean, there are half the people in the state are not Republicans. There's an awful lot of Democrats opposed to it. And as a matter of fact, the Democrat Party of Oregon as a whole, and even the Multnomah County Democrat Party, refused to endorse this measure because they recognized how bad it would be. And so even people who are normally aligned with militant gun control said, no, this is crazy and going too far. It's a danger to minorities. It's a violation of rights. And, you know, the Socialist Rifle Club had an argument against it in the, in the voter's guide. So for once, Antifa and the sheriffs were united on something. But once it gets into the hands of the legislature, then we have a, a right and an expectation that they're going to fix this. And obviously, the best way to fix it is just to throw it all in the garbage. But in the meantime, between now and then, we've had no choice but to go into court and see what we could do to stop it, because it's the, the potential fallout, the danger is catastrophic. I mean, people will lose their businesses over this. And the people who promoted it claim to be people of faith, that this is what God wanted them to do. Yes, God wanted them to crush their neighbors' businesses, take away people's property, put more minorities in jail, and on and on. So yeah, these people are frauds. And now it is really, you know, it's initially going to be up to a, a federal court judge. And then after that, we'll, we'll very likely be back in the hands of elected officials who we expect and certainly will pressure to do something about this mess. Yeah. Well, and that brings up a, another point. You know, obviously, we've seen the Sher- Sherman County Sheriff, um, you know, join that lawsuit with you. Um, but what do you say about all the other sheriff's departments? You know, I know Marion County. I know Lynn County. Um, the, you know, there's been just an abundance of sheriff's offices coming out, basically stating that they're not going to be enforcing. Now, some of them specify only the magazine ban portion of it, uh, cause they don't want to step in through all those other landmines, but, but isn't that really just an, um, uh, an interesting position that we're in and does, does the powers that be really come down to the individual sheriffs, whether they choose to enforce this measure or not. Is well, there- look, the only thing they can choose not to enforce is the magazine ban, because the rest of it has nothing to do with them. The fact is, it's the state police yeah. that say yes or no on a firearms purchase. And if if there's no possible way to comply with the law, the state police are just going to say no. So a lot of sheriffs have stepped up. And in addition to the sheriff, there are other sheriffs who will be joining the lawsuit. We've heard from a number of sheriffs who specifically asked to be added as plaintiffs. And there are many others, of course, who are supportive. The Sheriff's Association as a whole has said they oppose it, but they have not joined you know, any of our actions. But we do have, gosh, at least two other sheriffs who said they want to be plaintiffs and lots of individuals and a number of other gun stores. So it's 
clear that that you know law enforcement outside of Portland is opposed to this for the most part. I mean, there's a couple of sheriffs that have been sort of wishy-washy and said, well, we don't really know what to do, or the law is the law. The fact is the sheriff's obligation is to obey the Constitution, not the whims of some mob. And so the ones who are refusing to enforce the magazine ban are not violating the laws. You know, the Willamette Week calls them extremists. You know, the Oregonian tries to paint them is out of touch and publishes all the things they've said in hopes of ginning up animosity towards them. The fact is, is what they're doing is what they took an oath to do, which is uphold the Constitution. And this measure clearly violates it. In addition to which, you know, they're affected by it too. Off-duty police cannot have the magazines they carry on duty, which means that the average cop who goes home in his police car, the average state trooper who lives far away from any barracks, drives home in the police car that he works in. As soon as he's off duty, now he could spend a year in jail for having the magazine he carries on the job. Yeah. And think of what this does to security agents, guys who drive armored cars, who are now suddenly being told, you can't be in a position to be as well-armed as the criminals, because nothing in this measure prevents people from getting magazines. All they have to do is go to another state where they're unregulated. So here in Oregon, where people will be obeying the law, they won't have magazines, but any criminal or any mass shooter just tools over to Idaho or just gets one of the billions of ones that are already in circulation and now has the ability to outgun any good guy, any cop, any armed civilian. And this is absolute lunacy. As I just wanted to point out, too, as far as the, the lawsuit is concerned, we are absolutely opposing the entire measure. And I think a lot of people have gotten the impression by reading the motions that we're only dealing with, dealing with the magazine ban, and that's not the case. The fact is, is that all, it is absolutely about the permit to purchase, but we believe that the permit to purchase issue is much easier to argue because of the Bruin decision. So a lot of what's written down is written down about the magazine ban because that is a little heavier lift in some respects. But I want, want to reassure people that as far as we're concerned, the permit to purchase is far more dangerous than the magazine ban. Yeah, and that's great news. And and the magazine ban is interesting in the sense that, you know, you, the basis of your argument in the debate, it was just hilarious. Nobody could justify, yet there's still anybody to answer the question about why 10 rounds in a magazine right. it, it's it's such a ludicrous argument it doesn't make any sense because well, it only you know, takes one bullet to kill somebody well and, and you know it actually takes quite a few bullets to kill people in many cases because pistols are notoriously bad uh man stoppers sure. and that's why police carry much larger capacity magazines but i find it interesting that you know some single mom is not going to be allowed to carry a magazine that holds over 10 rounds but she can carry 15 10 round magazines so she can still have the same number of bullets which means that if you're actually somebody who wants to gun down innocent people where you pick the time and place of the attack and you have all the advantages even if they were denied standard capacity magazines which they will not be they still have every advantage over people who are being shot at and you know when you're being shot at Changing magazines is a lot more stressful than when you're sitting someplace and picking people off. So what they've basically done is create an environment that makes it far easier for mass killers to achieve what they're trying to achieve. And frankly, I cannot believe these people have done this out of sheer stupidity, because if they were that stupid, they couldn't actually find their way to church every day. Yeah, I believe it's malice, and I think they knew exactly what they were doing. We'll be right back. Listen to Kevin Sterrett.
know God breathe on this. I know God breathe on this. I know God breathe on this. I know he got his hands on this. I know we got a chance on this. No, I never planned on this. I might need a band on this. This might get banned off rip. Gonna say something for y'all quit. Let me know something who y'all with. Don't know nothing. I know this. I know God breathe on Well, you know, a person can be both stupid and malicious. And I think they demonstrated that. You know, you know, they claimed they had no idea they were banning shotguns because they didn't. They said, well, we have an exception for lever action rifles. And we tried to point out to them that those are two different things. And they could not grasp it. They just could not grasp the idea that pump action or semi-automatic shotguns are not lever action rifles. And one of them admitted during the, the explanatory committee meetings that she was pathologically afraid of firearms. And this is a person who should not be writing laws about this kind of thing because clearly she has a mental problem, but she's admitted it. Yeah, that's crazy. It's it's just absurdity, but it but it just goes hand in hand with with the state of the polarity on how you know just people are stuck in their echo chambers and don't have any sense of reality with what's going on, and they've grown to a point to where now they're in positions of power, you know, writing legislation and writing measures uh, that affect the entire state. And I I I don't know. I just I don't think. They, yeah, you could agree that they're intentionally stupid. I just, I personally think that either these people have handlers behind them, clearly educated with what's going on, and they're intentionally making these measures so stupid to argue it. I mean, look at, look at, just for an example, look at uh, back in 2020 when Fauci was talking about the masks, right? At this one end of his mouth, he was talking about how the masks were ineffective and they were just kind of a novelty. They make people feel better. But at the same time, he was also talking about how they were effective. And if everybody needed to wear one or it was mandated that everybody wears one if they want to go indoors and do anything. But what happened was it created this paradigm to where you had both sides of the fence. They both had talking points from the same source. And so then they're, they're then they were arguing. Well, Fauci said that a mask don't work, and then the other guy is saying, "Well, Fauci says the mask does work." And so, well, but you also had people citing CDC statistics on Twitter and being shut off Twitter because of misinformation when they cited the very people who are promoting this crap just because their all their information was so contradictory and clearly lies. Yeah. But we're in a situation now where people, young men are dropping dead of myocarditis yep. and the president is still telling you to get your fourth booster because, you know, we have all this stuff and it's free and you might want to go out there and get it. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, the pharmaceutical companies actually just raised their prices on the COVID shots. But anyways, uh, so have you seen Died Suddenly yet? Have you watched that documentary? I've seen all of the promos for it. I've not actually seen the movie. Okay, I, I recommend you you watch it. It's 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 probably the most, out of all the documentaries I've ever seen, this one is the most raw, uh, just, I, I, I don't even know. It's the most disgusting thing I think I've ever seen in my life. But it just shows the commitment that these people have that they've done on releasing this bioweapon and that they are 100% committed to their agenda for depopulation and the destruction of our civilization because there's there's no other way to explain that and and you could argue again you know is this just sheer stupidity of these intellectuals that are smart enough to you know build these things and create a delivery system that infects the body 
and makes them die. Yeah, from myocarditis and things like that. But people are dying from all different types of things. Cancer rates up through the, through the roof. Just deaths all the way around. Miscarriages, stillborns. All that stuff is just spiking straight up. And it's almost a perfect bioweapon because it, it's not one thing. It's not one symptom. It's not one reaction. You know, well, I mean, of, co- of course it's planned. I mean, it's so obviously planned. I mean, they said it was planned. They, you know, here's the exercise we did a week before the pandemic. They told us over and over again because it's gotten to the point where they're so arrogant and so convinced that they are in complete control that, I mean, you can go to the World Economic Forum website where they tell you we're going to take everything you have. That's what they're telling us. Yep. Imagine what they're not telling us. Correct. I mean, if they say, look, we, we can prove everybody knows that a paper mask on your face does not keep out viruses. You know, that's clear, but we're doing it because it forces people to be obviously compliant and we're making fools out of people. And we had to do something that made it made made it clear that people were complying in spite of the fact that it was clearly ludicrous. Yeah. Well, and isn't it just that their their uh, covid lockdown was simply just a beta test to test the compliance and to test people uh, on how compliant they're going to be and to what degree. Don't you think that this measure 114 is just kind of a segue off of that because they realize if they can put enough pressure and they know that maybe not all the population is going to go along with it, but uh, enough people will go along with it or enough people are going to be so scatterbrained. Because I think that, I, I think personally right now, so many people are so uh, tied up by just a massive amount of information to where their brains are almost shutting down because they've they've overextended beyond their threshold to be able to comprehend. Seems like this news cycles are like, you know, 18 hours now on these giant news cycles and palleting things that everything's just kind of getting swept under the rug. So it's hard for us to find a base or a foundation of what hill we need to die on and how to keep that in the public opinion because we have to get i think personally i think uh, uh people should pile on with the sheriff's association uh that's something that we can definitely do right now and put some pressure on them because we need to get the court of public opinion on board with what 114 is and how to combat against it like i just i i feel like it's it's so important for people to know and then cut through all this media garbage and misinformation out there, real misinformation um, that's that's not properly representing, you know, what you guys are doing and what the actual measure does. I mean, it just people aren't going to know until one day they're like, somebody's going to say, well, you can't own a firearm anymore. And they'd be like, no, oh, OK, you know, who needs those? We don't need them anyway. Same way that once they actually got some pressure put on them to either get the shot or get the mask they eventually complied. Um, now, it's not, I don't know how it's going to go this time around because they're already talking about, you know, LA County uh, initiated the indoor mass again. So if, if they keep progressing, I know Australia is talking about it, Canada is talking about it. They're going on to this digital currency, which they're going to be able to control people. The Biden administration is talking about $600 or more on basically getting into your bank account. I think that was a ploy for potentially a giant second amendment uh you know power grab that they're going to be doing federally potentially what do you think oh i don't think there's any question about it i mean we're just like one crisis after another 
and keep people afraid, divide them. You know, if you if you don't buy into this COVID nonsense, then you have to be shunned and you are killing grandma. And it's like these people are hateful and angry and have no facts at all. But of course, divided people are easier to manipulate and control. And it's nothing new. It's been going on forever. You know, mass psychosis is not a new concept. It's just that we have we have a, a we have a better way of sharing this information than we used to in the past. We've seen it happen over and over again. And it is absolutely what's happening now. Yeah. So the but the gun debate happening December second. Uh, we're going to really uh, see what uh, what the federal judge says about that. Guys, check it out. OregonFirearms.org. Get involved. Make sure to donate to Kevin Sterrett uh, and his legal fund. Uh, they're definitely going to need it and push forward. Uh, Kevin Sterrett, thank you very much uh, for joining me here today uh, in talking about Measure 114. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.